Pirate State Podcast. Cards win. That's right. Big win for the Cardinals. Finally got that division. It's fucking sweet. We're sitting here watching them popping bottles. Not really drinking. I don't can't see anybody drinking yet. Yeah, you know, they got, don't have much of a reason to celebrate. Sip, sipping on a beer here and there, but... Yep. Ah. Uh, so we had a fun day. Yep. Episode 31. That's right. The Cujo oh, episode. Oh, there you go. Don't worry. your call out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I had a struggle because uh, I, I couldn't decide. You know, I want the Cujo episode because it's growing up. But really, it's Cujo and Grant Fuhr. We got two uh, pretty notorious Blues goalies. Two Hall of Famers that made most of their Hall of Fame career in other cities. Much like last week being the Brodeur episode. I You know, I, I just never... I love sports. I just never memorized jersey numbers like you. I, I'm t- it's, 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 a, it's a thing, man. I get you. It's all good. It's all good. All right, guys. So we got lots of fun stuff to talk about. We're going to be kind of all over the place like always. Yeah. Do you want to start with a little Toy Man? Do you want to start oh, with well, a little I think Toy Man. I think Paranoia. <laughs> I think Toy Man's a logical place to be. We had Toy Man today. Yeah. Um, which was fun, man. It's always a blast um, hanging out. Oh, we, you know, we get to be right there next to the dudes at the Nightmare Shop. Yep, shout out to those guys. Always a good time um, hanging, bullshitting. Yeah, that hopefully we'll get them on the podcast soon. Definitely. Um, yeah, turns out they're like my neighbor. Right. So, Isn't that some shit? <laughs> right, yeah. You never know what you learn at Toy Man. That's right. Meet all kinds of fun people. And they're down the street. Right. Who knew? There's more people Who that are knew? into the same shit we are. Right. Which is always fun. Um. Yeah, we got, we got Toy Man today, got the new website up. Yep. We're rocking and rolling. Things are feeling good. You know, it's like, it's like we're professionals or something. It's kind of like it, but you not know, really. We're getting there, he <laughs> says as he drinks his beer. Right, right. He looks at his notes written in pencil. Hey, man, don't hate on pencils. Pencils are the shit. I'm just saying, if we were professional, I'd have a computer, too. <laughs> if we were professional, <laughs> at least one of us would have a working computer. Right. We, yeah, we did just spend the yeah. last hour and a half trying to get my computer to get going for this recording. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, yeah, Toy Man was a blast. Uh, always have fun. We will not be at the next one in November because we're going to be at Springfield Con. Uh, but we will be back in December for sure. Uh, always a fun time. Love hanging out up there. Yeah. Appreciate man. everybody who came out. Was, uh, you know. Saw someone I hadn't seen since, like, grade school. It's all kinds of crazy shit. So, right? It's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. Makes you feel like, oh, all that stuff I was doing, I wasn't the only person doing it the last 30 years. Right, <laughs> man. That's how I feel going back to Springfield is just, like, being, I don't know, being in a place where I think I felt kind of, let me think how to say it. When I was living in Springfield, um... It was not. It was when the MCU was just kind of getting started. You know, I lived there nine, ten, eleven. Okay, was when I lived there. Okay. So it was like MCU stuff was happening, but right. it was the early days that I still, you know, when I went to the comic shop in Springfield, my friends in Springfield were like, what "The fuck is the matter with you, dude? Sure. Yeah. You fucking loser." Um, lovingly, but yeah, it's going to be nice to be in Springfield and actually be. With my community there now that it's kind of blowing up a little more. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it. Like I said, I, I grew up there a lot, uh, but I moved when I was still, you know, eighth grade, ninth, you know, somewhere yeah. in there. So I didn't have my formidable years there. Sure, but I had like you know, my grade school years there. So yeah, I always love uh, Springfield. I think it'll be a blast hanging out with uh, some of the nerds in there. All right, we're gonna eat so much Chinese food. Right. Well, you have to. There's nothing else there, right? Right. Like, 
90 Chinese places and Mexican Villa. That's all that's there. Dude, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so there's like 90 Chinese places. Right. But I swear, every time I'm in Springfield, me and Libby have this conversation. I swear nobody in Springfield fucking cooks. I've, because I've that, yeah. there are so many goddamn restaurants, yeah. and every one of them is full. And rarely does one close down. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everyone's full. Yeah. They never close. And it's not that big of a city. Right. But, like, restaurants per capita, it's got to be it's got to be tops yeah. in the nation. I it's know it fucking is as far insane. As Chinese goes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, the Chinese is, is big time. But it's fucking bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know how they sustain it, but I am stoked to go there and eat all of the food and drink all of the mothers. Yeah. So I hear you had a little uh, interesting time the other day. Oh. Had a nice little Oh, buddy. Out. Oh, buddy. So I, I need to preface this um, by saying contrary to, to popular belief, I am not I, – I am of sound mind and uh, I am a – I'm a really logical person. I know that some of the things that I experience and believe are, are probably, from my imagination, things that I want to be reality. Sure. Um, that said, I've always been a firm believer in ghosts and aliens. Uh, more so aliens. I, I mean, if, as far as UFOs are concerned, I think just by sheer volume... It, it's insanely arrogant to think that there is no other intelligent life right. in the universe. And it's even more arrogant to think we're more intelligent than whatever else is out there. Um, so I I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think we can just accept as fact that UFOs are real. I'm going that far. I'm good there, yeah. Um, ghosts I have a harder time with. Um, probably because I was raised Catholic. Sure. So I, I still am... Uh, wrestling that yeah. that battle of what the afterlife is. Ghosts aren't real, but the invisible man in the sky is real. Sure, sure. But uh, so, so I, I still am kind of wrestling with that. And half the audience turns it off. <laughs> but they did a long time ago if they were going to be upset by that. That's a good point. Um, but I, I, I am a pretty firm believer that once you're dead, you're you're gone. Sure. This is it. We get We get our one spin, and that's that. So it seems incongruent with that belief uh-huh. that I also do believe in ghosts. She does. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I, I can't remedy that. I, I don't know. I don't know what I believe about ghosts. I don't know, but I, I believe there is something there because I have experienced something there Sure. Yeah. on multiple. Uh, there have been three separate occasions in my life at almost 32 years old uh-huh. that I have encountered the paranormal. In a in a very real way, I'm listening, and uh, enough so that I believe something is there. Um, I am not arrogant to say I know what it is. Same here, right? I am not arrogant enough to say that this is a ghost and this is why. But I have been in situations that people talk about hauntings, and I have experienced things that align with those. Sure, I. I'm, I'm basically on the same plane with you. Aliens, I, I would... Yeah, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. Right. I, uh, it is everything but a proven... Right. It, the only reason it's not a fact is we haven't been given the proof. Right. But the evidence is insurmountable, oh, right. I think. Right. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, when, you, when I look at little things like the fact that, you know, since 
the Area 51 incident, our technology has shot through the moon. Sure. I mean, you know what I mean? We went from quite literally cars to, to the moon. being on the moon in right. 10 years later. You know what right. I mean? It's like, okay, that's, that's a big jump. Something, something's there. Right. Something's there. Um, I've seen things. I've never had a physical encounter with anything. I've seen shit that uh-huh. I can't explain. Um, now, when it comes to ghosts or whatever, I still feel like it's all, in a way, part of the same thing. Um, I think there are aliens and ghosts that kind of exist in multiple dimensions. Sure. And I think when people see ghosts, they're seeing energy from another dimension. Okay. Onto ours. All right. You know what I'm saying? I can buy into um, that. Now, having said that, I've done um, seances, things like that. I wasn't in control. I didn't set it up, so I don't know. You don't know what's going on around you, and it was set up to be an entertainment experience. Sure. So take that for what you will. But it was creepy as fuck. Uh huh. You know, especially when you're in a house where you know people have killed themselves. Right. So there, to me, there's. I feel like there's. I always, I always sound like I feel like I sound like hippie-ish when I talk about like certain energies. Sure. Like if someone is brutally murdered somewhere, I feel like. There's an energy that uh, yeah. is in that it, place. Energy does not dissipate, right? It, right? it only transfers. Call it what you want. Some places are just grimmer, darker yeah. feel. Well, I mean, if you think about places that have experienced, ha- have been filled and, right. with extraordinary levels of human emotion, um, that energy has to remain somewhere. Right. Um, I mean, even on... I, just compare it to like a real life thing. Like when you, when you were a kid or whenever you can first remember walking into like the arena for the first time or something. Like yeah, you feel you could feel it. Happened. Yeah, here. even though you have no fucking idea what it was. There was Absolutely. energy in there. Absolutely. Even when anything wasn't going on, there's an right. energy in there, and I feel like that's kind of the same. You know, it's a different thing happening, but I feel like it all kind of. When, when you when you walk on stage to sound check at Mississippi Nights, there is not even a crowd there yet. Right. But standing right. on that stage, there is a palpable, palatable energy. Right. I mean, we I played one time. I'm not going to toot my own horn too much. Played the pageant one time. Walk on stage, and I'm like, holy shit! This is the same stage. This fucking Boz Skaggs was on. No, <laughs> no one knows who fucking Bob Skaggs. He's a fucking like jazz musician, but there is uh, there is that energy. So I do there believe. Is, right, right. While I while I don't know what I believe, I, I cannot I cannot put it into words. Right. And like I said, I am a logic based person, right. and what I believe this is one of the things that I believe that defies logic. Right. And you know, I guess that's what faith is is something that defies logic. Sure. And I I, I understand. That the things that I am going to say tonight are going to sound contradictory to my typical belief system, and they are going to sound like I am a crazy person. Um, and, and I accept that I don't know everything that I am saying, but I do also know what I have experienced in my right. life. Right. So I, while I don't pretend to have an that's, explanation that's for all it, all anybody can that's, speak to it really. Is. Right. But yeah. And that, so, so last night, um, my wife, well, I guess a few months ago, my wife had told me she has a group of friends from work, um, that kind of like to go out together every, every couple of months and do like a dinner and a thing. Sure. 
Um, the last couple times this has happened, um, either I've had to stay home with the girls while she went, or for any number of reasons I, cu- I couldn't go. So we put this on the books that um, they wanted to do this thing, and it was going to schedule enough in advance that we had a sitter for the girls, so I was going to be able to go. And what they decided they wanted to do was go out to dinner in Alton and then do a ghost tour okay. in Alton, because Alton is an extraordinarily sure. haunted town. Um, and I said yes, because I, I, you know, I want to be involved with Libby's work friends. You know, I, I, I want to get to know them. But I said yes with, with some trepidation, knowing that I am, I am sensitive to shit like that. Okay. I, I just am. Um, and again, I can't explain why. I, just I don't, the bad energy kind of thing? Or I don't just, know. I, I, am, I am just, I'm sensitive to shit yeah. like that. It's, it's the only way I know how to say it. Yeah. So we go. Um, and It's like me. I don't like flour tortillas. I don't know why. Sure. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we go. And the, our tour guide was the fucking best. Man, this dude, Luke, um, who now I can't remember the name of the company. I think it was Haunted Alton. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out when we go on break so I can plug it proper. Um, he was great. Um, it was like a four and a half hour ghost wow. tour. Dude was legit. He was thorough. Yeah. Um, but he was also like, was like on a bus, you driving around? No, okay. walking. Okay. Okay. Um, in hilly ass Alton. Yeah. Um, but we had, uh, you know, he was real quick when he had, our group was eight people. Okay. So it was real quick when he met our group and he was like, hey, all I can tell you is what I've experienced. You know, I've, I've been a paranormal investigator for 18 years. Um, I've done a lot of things through here. I've written books. I've, I've done extreme investigations. So I can tell you, I, I can't promise you that anyone's going to encounter anything tonight. Sure. We're going to walk around. I'm gonna, he was like, basically, I'm a history tour guide. I'm going to take you to some places. I'm going to talk about events that have occurred in those places. Um, and occasionally in doing that, there are encounters. And he was also like, you know, there's going to be times when, when you have opportunities to take pictures and shit. And he was like, if you see orbs in your pictures or you see shit, odds are we're on old places. Odds are it's dust that was kicked up or it's shit that was reflected. He's like, I'm happy to look at your pictures, but be prepared for me to tell you the truth that it's probably yeah, not. Good, right? So, right. So yeah. he was coming from a very skeptic based place, which I was like, all right, cool, man. Like this dude's not just trying to get a cheap thrill. Right. Um, so I'm on board and, uh, the first spot that he takes us is, uh, this apartment complex that had been up since, and I am not remembering dates. Um, but it was pre civil war. Okay. Um, and it was a number of different things along the way. So at first, it was just like kind of a, a, a plantation home, um, but it served as a stop on the Underground Railroad. Okay. Um, which, which is really interesting. So think of think of the amount of human energy in an Underground Railroad right. stop, right? And then shortly thereafter, because Alton's right there on the Mississippi River, it became a tuberculosis hospital. Okay. Imagine the kind of turmoil and, right. and negative energy that's there. Dying left and right, right. right. Um, and so he and they have worked out an arrangement with the guy that owns that building now that we were able to go into the apartment complex, go into the basement, and go into the tunnel that was an underground railroad tunnel. I I don't feel 
don't feel okay enough to explain um, exactly what happened yeah. because I'm still very much working through That's that. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you that I encountered something in that in that tunnel. Like felt like something. Yes. Saw something. Okay. Yes. There were things that I physically felt and heard that I can't that I can't justify in any other way than it was something paranormal. Now, is it what I'm feeling my body having an involuntary reaction to stress or is it, is it no, any number of things could have happened and I'll be the first to admit, but I can tell you that it, that it freaked me the fuck out. It, it put me, it put me in a place that I didn't finish the tour. Really? I can tell you that I, I, and that was the first stop I went for the next few hours um, the last stop was a, an old church that we got to go in and go down into the depths of. Yeah. And I, I did not enter that church. And I said very, and like I'd said a couple of times throughout because the rest of the night was outdoors. Right. Pretty much. I mean, there was, we went into one like, uh, uh, mineral bath or place that was built, but we were in kind of a lighted area of it. So that was cool. But once we got to the end and you know, he's, he's saving the uh, most extreme, uh, occurrences as far as what he's going to tell us until the end, I'm sure. Sure. Um, and he kind of prepped us for what was going and I just outright said, I'm not going in there. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I want everyone else to be having their fun. So I was like, like we had dinner and drinks at a bar and grill that was like just around the corner. Uh I was like, you guys can go on. I'll go sit at the bar right. for an hour. And right. when you guys are done, you know, you co- that's where the car is anyway. Right. So no biggie. Um, so they kind of funneled in and Libby like popped back out. She was like, are you sure? I don't want to leave you out here by yourself. I was like, really? I'll be fine. And then she looked at me and I started bawling. Oh, wow. Cry- like I, I could not, because I could not remedy what I was thinking. And she kept, she was like really concerned, obviously. And yeah. I was like. I'm I'm sorry. I owe. I know I owe you an explanation, but I I don't. don't I right. don't fucking have one. Right. But I know I cannot set foot in that church. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying right now, that's not happening. And and I don't want to end your night. I don't want to ruin your night. I want everyone to have fun. Sure. Don't feel bad for me. You know me. I'm happy sitting in a bar by myself. I'll make friends with someone in there. I'll watch. A, <laughs> I'll watch fucking Sports Center while I'm sitting right. at the like. Right. It, it's totally no harm, no foul. Like go in there. And she was like, no, no, I, I, I can't leave you when you're like this. I was like, I, okay, then we can go. But, like, all I'm saying is that shit was crazy. Sounds like it. I've, and, you know, I just, it's not my first brush with the paranormal. I'm, I'm sensitive to that shit. And, again, maybe it's because I want so badly to believe in something that my sure. subconscious is creating right. things. Yeah. Because I do want to believe in something. I think that's kind of the... The ultimate pain of being a re- recovering person of indoctrinated religion, right. and that so much of my formative years were based on knowing what was happening. Right. That now I just want so fucking badly to believe in something again that my mind and my body are going to make it's that stretch. A, Maybe I don't know. know. It, it took me a while to be okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, it's it's weird. I, was, I wasn't. I was somewhat in the same boat. Like, I, you know, I had no idea 
you know, what's, what's this all about? You know, the, the normal mm-hmm. whatever <clears throat> questions. And then I was like, one day, doesn't matter. Just live your life. That's yeah. what I mean. And, and, I, and it took a while. Don't get me wrong. It's like, oh, I'm fixed. It wasn't like that. You sure. know what I mean? But, and I still have to tell myself that sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm like, what the fuck is this about? Blah, blah. I'm like, doesn't matter. Just do what you do. You right. know what I mean? Uh, and that's easy to say, very hard to do. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and I've, like I said, I've never had anything as far as the paranormal goes, to that extreme of experience. Creepiest experience I probably had. I didn't even know it was going to be a creepy experience. We were in Rome, in Italy. Ooh. Talk um, about places where there's a lot of energy. Well, exactly. Um, and we were out, kind of on the outskirts of Rome, in the catacombs. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, we're, you know, it was, it was like, tour. And I'm like, oh, okay, we'll check this out. But they take you in the catacombs. And the catacombs are miles and miles of just buried people under the ground. So you're walking through a, co- a small corridor because mm-hmm. people were even shorter back then. You know, so it's sure. maybe six foot high, right. the highest point. Right. And then you'll see, you know, uh, two foot by four foot chunks cut out of the wall. And that's where they put this, fam- this family. That's what, yeah. that's what their whole, you know what I mean? And it was just endless pathways of, Whatever family, this was their burial place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, there was still shit in there. And, that, yeah. and people had been buried in there for thousands and thousands of years. And it was very uncomfortable. Sure. Um, I mean, it was kind of like, it, I mean, it is like walking through a cemetery underground. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a cemetery, but it claustrophobic. Was, but it was, you know, and I'm not, I don't like tight places necessarily, but. I'm walking around up top, and they're telling us all about what it is. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's history, it's history. And it didn't freak me out until I was, you know, half a mile in. Yeah. And then it all just kind of hit me. like, fuck, there are hundreds of thousands of mm-hmm. people buried within a mile of me. Right. And, you know, then they'll tell you stories about, oh, and this caved in, that caved in. I'm like, okay, well, people were buried alive. Right. So, so all Shit. that starts churning in your head. Right. Um, and then it just got... Of course, it was underground, so it was already cold. But then you get you get those chills, you chill get the breeze. What's going? What's, yeah, you know what I mean. Little things like that. Um, and you know, after halfway through, I'm like, okay, I just want to. I'll, I'll finish off go. and just stop explaining the shit. Let me walk through. Let's, let's yeah, finish, let's finish this off. Um, and, and it was, you know, I remember it, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I I remember going in. I remember coming out. I don't remember too much of the actual event, right? Because I was just focused on getting out. Right. You know what I mean? So, but not nearly to the extreme like you have, like where you could feel yeah, almost something there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, uh, I, I felt something that I, I know it was real. Right. Now, like I said, does that mean I'm, I'm a, a person that is easily made anxious? I have, I have physical manifestations of that anxiety where I will get physically ill because I am under stress or under anxiety. In that moment that I want so badly is my body just creating a muscle twitch that then I am justifying in my head as saying that is a thing. And I think maybe that justifies or lends lends credence to what I think is that it's an energy. Right. And it's a dimension. And when that energy hits you, it's going to physiologically affect you. Sure. It has to. Right. It's an energy. Yeah. It's like getting hit by a lightning bolt somewhere. So it does something to you. Chills, feels up, whatever it does. Yeah. Affects everybody different just like everything else in the world. Um, but I, you know, I really do think that's part of it. I mean, call it what you will. I still think a lot of what people see as paranormal is probably alien related. 
Yeah, because I would agree I, with because that. I still think you know I always feel so dumb sometimes talking about it, but I'm like I think aliens operate on multidimensional planes. They can slip in them yeah. out. I don't think. I think there are aliens in outer space, uh-huh. but I think there's more. We are sharing interdimensional space already, right here on this planet. There's, there's no need for them to come here because they're they already are here, here. In dimensions. Yeah, um, I can so, buy that. Know, I, I can drink that Kool Aid. Maybe I'm reading too many comics, watch too many movies. Right, but the, the science kind of makes more sense to me than sure. just okay. They came millions and billions of miles, right? Landed here, and now they just want to kill you. Yeah, well, that just doesn't. Well, that doesn't make sense because anything that has the Anything that has the uh, technological ability to travel to here also clearly has the technological ability to destroy us in one fell swoop. So if something was coming here to destroy the human race, we would have done been destroyed. Right, right. Um, right. So whatever, whatever extraterrestrial life we are experiencing can't be hostile. Right. Because if it was, we would know. Right. Because we would be dead. Right. Which is kind of why I think the same thing, like, when people talk about the Mayans, they disappeared. Well, maybe they're just different dimension. You're like, yeah. oh, they just did this. Oh, now they're this race, this whatever, uh, Atlantis. Well, it's gone. Well, yeah. maybe it's really not. Right. I mean, it just it, To me, that makes much more sense than, well, than a lot of theories, really. But, like, people will talk about, like, the ancient alien theory, right? Uh-huh. Like, aliens came here millions of years ago, which I think is probably true. Yeah. But I think they were just already here. Yeah. And just, they did this, they had this technology, and then maybe they left. Maybe there was a dimensional shift. All kinds of, sure. I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, sometimes I feel ridiculous, like I have no business talking about it. But, yeah, I I always, there was, I, 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 I got more business talking not, about this than like the Me Too movement, so we'll, sure. we'll stick with this. <laughs> well, well it's, I don't, I had said to Libby, I was like, don't. I felt stupid talking to her. I felt like a fucking lunatic. Because I know how it sounds. And I also know that there is more than likely a logical explanation for what I experienced. Yeah. But it doesn't change my comfort level no, with not at it. All. Right. That was like, right. I, I can't do that right now. I, I am not equipped to, to work through that particular demon at this particular moment that I know we're all trying to have a fun Saturday night. Right. But if I go in that fucking church, uh, whatever little bit of fun I'm capable of is gone. I will ruin nights. If I walk in that church, I will, I will be openly sobbing in front of your friends <laughs> and you don't fucking want that. And I don't want that. Or maybe she does. Like, See what I deal with. Right. <laughs> This idiot uh, I married. I know. I, I'm with you, man. I would love to... I need to... I kind of stepped away from... Like, I got really into ancient alien theory. Like, uh-huh. not just watching the show type shit, but, like, reading a lot of books. And yeah. I, I dove into it hard. Uh-huh. And some of it, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't believe everything I read. Sure. Blah, blah, but... Uh, well, you have to be a skeptic. Right. I think the only way... But there's a lot of truth ...to be there, a believer too. is to be a skeptic. Yes. I yes. think if you have unfettered belief, the same as I think if you have unfettered belief in a religion, right. then I don't believe you. Right. right. I, I think you have to have doubt in order to have faith. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not one who just believes, you know, hey, look at this old Egyptian drawing. It looks like a spaceship. Well, you can see whatever you want sure, to see in anything. Sure. That doesn't convince me. But things like, I mean, not necessarily Stonehenge, Stonehenge, but like, um, uh, what's the heads? Um, 
uh, Easter Island, Easter Island, that kind uh-huh. of stuff. You know, uh, pyramids. Right. You know, I still think those are strategically placed around the world because there's an energy. Absolutely. Them. Call it whatever you will, but that's to me that is also part of. Okay, they know there's energy in right. the Earth and the whatever that can help create. That can know, channel like, the dimensions. That can I channel energy, like that. that. Can channel you know, information. Yeah, I don't think it's all just outer space. Yeah, I think there's so much on the ground here that people ignore or chalk up to random. Right. That I think if people looked into that more, it would freak them the fuck out. Oh, wait, well, wait. Maybe that's the part. Maybe you don't want to think about it. Okay, well, well there's a guy right here next to me, maybe. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I think what, what we Dean face... Maybe watching the podcast as we right. do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think what we face, which, which is really unique to our current era is that there is so much access to information and there is so many ways that information can be spun and there is so much so many ways for your for confirmation bias for you to live in an echo chamber right that whatever version of the world you choose to believe exists you can create and you can develop what seems like legitimate evidence to back that up totally like the fact that I, we live in a world that there is a not insignificant number of people that believe the earth is flat. Right. Again. Right. Um, and, and you can create whatever evidence you think is, and you know, the fact that social media and search engines are developed to, uh, confirm your biases you know like if you what was it there was that study done that like uh if i I think they had like uh someone who identifies far right someone who identifies far left and someone who identifies moderate um just do a google search for just with the term egypt and the far left the first hit or the far right the first hit was like uh extreme muslim terrorism in egypt the far right was um, vi- like a victimizing thing of how like they are um, imp- improperly treated and oh, okay. with sympathy, and then like the moderate showed up like Egypt as a vacation destination, um, and all of they and they all just searched the same word in the same search engine at, on the same day, um, but because of how it collects our information right. and, and collects our data and looks at our other searches so right. and amalgamizes what they think we want to see. Right. Which for advertising is fantastic, right. which is why it exists. Right. You know, I don't think Google's out there trying to push people into an echo chamber. I think Google is trying to make it more convenient for you to get what you want, but right. not understanding the nuance of that also creates an echo right. chamber that allows you to believe what you want to believe. But, right. So as me, someone who wants desperately to believe in the paranormal, um, I understand that it's probably likely that I am being shown more that, of that, that. And, and I, what I experience in the world, I am choosing or choosing is the wrong word. I am subconsciously, um, categorizing something as paranormal activity that someone else could quite logically explain away with right. something else, right. but there is not enough information for that person or for me to unequivocally say it's one thing or the other, right. which means it's both. Right. You know, right. like it, 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 we, we live in a world where it can't be neither. Right. And if you can't 100% confirm one thing, then it's everything. Right. And that's a, 
that's both a lovely and terrifying place to live. Right. What is that? Schrodinger's cat? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The cat is neither alive nor dead. Right. It's in every state until you open the box. Right. Right. And that's, that's me with paranormal activity. I, I believe that what I am experiencing and what I do experience is beyond rational explanation. Again, as a pretty logical, analytical person. Right. But I also think someone could look at my experiences and say, well, no, it was X, Y, and Z. And I'd say, well, you didn't have me hooked up to an EKG meter, so you can't tell me that's what right. it was, so it must be my thing. Right. And that's willful on my part, right. I'm yeah. sure. And not only that, but the person who's telling you what it is also has an agenda. Right. Also has a mindset. They also a, want to confirm this that, this is, that this is our reality. Exactly. Yeah. And so, it's, it's, a strange, it's a strange phenomenon, it man. It's, it's a weird... Crazy, slippery, slow, wormhole, whatever you want to call it. Once you start going into it, is any of it real? Is any of it fake? It's right. Like, it's like, yeah. but it's one of those things where I just try to read as much information as I can mm-hmm. and then figure it out, as opposed to right. clicking on this. Are aliens real? Click here. You know, I that not for me. It's, yeah, I'm not. Know, I, I can't live in that clickbait. Right. World. It's same here. Same here. It's it's just. It's too. We have too access to too much information, um, and and I think the, the the side effect of that is that we lose the nuance, and the nuance is everything. You know, like so, it's so easy to take things out of context and vilify people, or vilify ideas, or celebrate people and celebrate ideas. Um, when in reality, I think we're all everything is the context. You know, sure. Like, think about how many movies you've watched that are good, great fucking movies. But if you just describe the plot, it's a shit sounding movie. Right. If you get like the clickbait version of right. Forrest Gump, well, we were doing that, that earlier. That shit with the guys. Back to the Future. Right. We're trying to talk about this eighty-year-old guy who has a high school buddy who comes over. Wait, yeah. this is not working. Yeah, right. he's selling plutonium right. to right. the Libyans, like. There's a whole fucking not ordeal there. Not right. You know, so it's all over the place. Yeah. It's all over the place. But, but, but I mean, even. Great fucking movie. Even other, <laughs> even in a less ridiculous way. I think like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Forrest Gump is a universally celebrated movie, not as a silly comedy, but as a, but as a celebration of storytelling. If you just talk through the plot points of that movie, it does not sound good. It is good because of the nuance of the way that it is told. And when we, remove that from the world, like with clickbait, you remove all the nuance. Right. So no story is necessarily of any, or is treated as if it's of any value because I, you, no one has the patience to accept the nuance. Right. Or at least right. I shouldn't no, say no, no one. A lot of people don't. Sure. Right. I have a very difficult relationship mm-hmm. with Forrest Gump and Tom Hanks. Yeah. Let's hear it. I love Tom Hanks. Sure. Love Tom. I loved, I mean, yeah. Splash. How, how could you not? Bruise and Buddies. I, I was all in day one, right? The Burbs. Bur- right. Everything. Uh, yeah. It, all of it. I love it. Um, I don't know if the listeners know, my last name is Forrest. <sighs> Forrest Gump came out my sophomore year of high school. Mm. Fucking ruined every athletic event. Sure. Going f- I never played sports again. I swear to God, because you cannot run with the last name Forrest. Yep. Without you the can't whole anymore. fucking crowd yelling, run, Forrest, run. Yeah. Especially in the 90s. And that, at the time, was not a compliment. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was just... Right. It, it was looked at like, oh, look at that guy running. Run yeah. For, you know what I'm saying? 
So. <laughs> yep, I can imagine. Do I blame that's... Tom Hanks? No, but fuck your chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's a really complicated yes. series of emotions. I went. I, I probably said this before, but I went from. My name is Brandon Forrest. Mm-hmm. So I went from freshman year. Nine hundred two one zero came out. I'm Brandon Walsh. I'm cool as fuck. Yeah. Forrest Gump comes out over the summer. Nope. You're fucking Who's Brandon Forrest. Walsh. He's Forrest. Uh, Just for, from then on out, Forrest. Uh, Which is why when I made other friends, I took the name Ruby. <laughs> it's a lot better. Run, Ruby. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Play those drums, Ruby. I'm good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you say that. Uh, Mardi Gras of this year. After we did all the stuff and we were working at DB's, we went out to Maggie O'Brien's and uh, Corey was up there and we're, we're bullshitting and drinking and stuff. And The great you know, Corey Gallagher. Right. And and you and I had only been doing this for probably a month and a half at that point. Okay. You know, we were very new into kind of our partnership. Yeah. Um, so it, it was – and for those that don't know, we met through Corey and right. his brother Sean. Yeah. So it, it it came up. Like, you know, he asked how things were going, and I and I talked to him about it. And I was like, "Oh, I should, you know, maybe I should text Brandon see if he's out, um, and see if he wants to come hang out." And Corey looked at me like I was the dumbest fucking human alive. He was like, "Did you just call him Brandon?" <laughs> he, I don't think he and knows it, my name. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And he was, yeah. "How in the world do you have a friend?" whose last name is Forrest, and you call him fucking Brandon? Like, I, I swear, I've known Corey for almost 20 years. Yeah. He looked at me just gobsmacked. Like, he looked yeah. a, a look I've only seen from him a handful of yeah. times in this many years. He was just like, what the fuck is the matter with it you, dude? It took, like, a year at DB's before anybody could, like, who the fuck is this guy? Is it, who's Brandon? Who's Forrest? Right. Everybody knew a different name. Like, this guy's just making shit up every time he comes in. <laughs> I should just go, I'm Ruby. I should yeah. just come back to that. Who's this fucking guy? So, like, on my, uh, when I do the golf cart for him, I just put B. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm not going through Brandon for, I'm not going through all of him. So. Yeah. Ruby. It's funny, because still to this day, Corey might be the only person who calls me Forrest. Really? It kind of stopped in high school. Because everybody, you know, high school, sure. Forrest, blah, blah, right. blah. And my, my closer buddies might, but I don't, you know, I don't see them as much as back in the day. But I kind of met Corey around that time, like mm-hmm. towards the end of that kind of shit. So it it just always yeah, and it's easy to remember. It's sure, just, it's easier oh, for us because it's just more unique. Yeah, I guess for lack of a better word. Um, I don't know. I also think Corey just kind of he's one of those people that kind of just codifies the person true. that he's with. He like I think Corey there are Corey calls a lot of people a name that he only calls them right. You know, because he can't remember their real name. He knows what he calls them right. right. Like I, he yeah. just he just creates that. Co- he right. nicknames people, but he doesn't like jump on the nickname that other people are using. Right. He goes with whichever one makes sense to him. Right. It's like, like that scene in what uh, Animal House. Animal House. Mm-hmm. It's like your name's Flounder. Why yeah. Flounder? Why not? Right. <laughs> but it's like Corey. Uh, Corey calls me JB. Always has. He's the only fucking person who's ever, done that who's ever called me right. by my initials. Right. Now, uh, Luke and Nate both do, but only because Corey started doing it. But no friend, I, I've never introduced myself as that. I've, yeah. No friend I ever have and now has I, ever called me JB. Now that but he does it, uh, every time. Sean Gallagher doesn't anymore, but I, I'm sure when he first introduced me to Corey, he called me for it. Because it would have been yeah. those days where everybody's just like, for it. It's just sure. want your last name. Uh, so that's probably... 
just where it's stuck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Forrest, I, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah okay, that's right. enough. Yeah, I don't need. I don't need it. Corey is the king of not needing any nope. extraneous information. Right. Corey. Corey operates his life very much on a need to know That's basis. Right. Yep. He knows what he needs to, and then he just fucking discards all the other information. That's right. Keeps the hard drive clean. That's right. probably why he. That's, right. that's probably why he's so efficient right. and is successful. Yep. Because he clean he, those cookies he, and history right. every week. Yep. He wipes all extraneous information. <laughs> if only I could do that. Right. What I would give don't to have wanna, that skill you know, set. We're going to get him on here one day. Like, hey, what's our first names? Right. <laughs> <laughs> give me one of our first names. Go. And then it's funny because if he said, "I was like, what's my first name?" He would say, "Johnny." Right. No one has ever called me Johnny. Right. I've been John to everybody, right. to every friend I've ever had. Yep. And he'd say, oh, it's Johnny. Like, right. Motherfucker! Right. Well, just the other day, I'm up at, well, I won't get into the whole village bar incident with oh. my brother. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, um, but Corey goes up there a lot after work, I guess. And he uh-huh. has a couple guys up there. And, you know, my brother always says hi, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I, my brother said he saw you the other day. It's like, I don't think he knows who I am. I'm like... Motherfucker, you're the most recognizable guy I'm mostly saying most <laughs> right. right now. You know what I mean? How do you think he doesn't know who you are? One, he looks just like me, but right. taller. So when you wave and he waves back and he says, hi, Corey, that means he knows you. Right. <laughs> he uses your name and right. acknowledges He's your like, existence. Hey, I don't know if he knows who I am. Like, Dude, he totally knows who you are. Because every time you go in there, he says, hey, Corey came in. <laughs> That's too funny. This is so funny shit. Anyways. Yeah, but I'm saying, what what I would give to have that, that skill set, the ability to wipe non-essential information. Yep. It's a fucking gift. Yep. So, we're good on paranormal for now? Yeah. Do you need yeah. a break? This is probably a logical right. time for so a break. we're going to change topics. Yeah, I, I, know you've got, I know you've got a fair amount of wrestling to get to. Oh, that's not even what I'm getting to next, but okay. Oh, fantastic. Just, yeah, wrestling is, is to prove it. This is my little notepad here. It's all in caps. Sure. And oh, wow. I'm Wrestling. Yeah, that, that's two exclamation points, right. dear listeners. That's right. So because let's get ready. If you know wrestling, you know what's coming this week. But we'll get to that soon. All right, we'll be back in a minute. And we're back. All right, we're back. All right. Just to get it out of the way. Okay. The, the last, we, we took last week off. Right. A uh, week before, we said we we're going to do a little mixtape action. Oh, yeah. Right. I am struggling. Yeah. Struggling so hard because we talked a little bit off. Because you know I'm the best mixtape maker and you're nervous? No, what it is is... The stakes are too high? I didn't, you know, I'm like, we talked before, we'll we'll do a mixtape, blah, 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 but we never really talked about a theme or... Sure, the stipulations. So I started just building, like, random songs, right? Like, oh, just to have ideas of what I'm going to go for, right? I am either insanely depressed (laughs) or I just... Like, a lot of the songs I pulled on here, I'm like, oh, this was, you know, I remember this when I was 20. I remember this when I was such mm-hmm. a age, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. There is not an upbeat fucking number <laughs> on this. Even the upbeat ones, they're upbeat, poppy, but the lyrics are Grim. depressing as fuck. If you sure. Really, you're like Lemonheads. Type. Like, I love sure. Lemonheads. Yeah, yeah, Poppy, blah, blah, blah. But if you listen to it, it's all about heroin and drugs. Sure, and horrible sure. Shit, right? Um, so, the... Okay. And this, please, before you judge, listen to the song. Okay. The happiest song, uh-huh. well, not happiest, the up, most upbeat song on here right now is probably KKK Highway by MU330, which is just about the clan putting up a, yeah, yeah, they yeah. own the highway, you know, right, right. and he shits all over him, don't get me wrong. Sure. It's not saying, woo, way to go. Yeah. But that's about as happy as it gets so far. Okay. Um, 
So, so here's my thought. Yeah, yeah. On on how how we should approach this. Mainly, I'm just worried. Because, don't be worried. <laughs> don't be worried because um, again, it, it is it is absolutely no mystery that I am. Uh, uh, I, 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 my, the inside of my head's a scary place. So. I promise you're not going to freak me out with that. Well, it's not that. I was more um, worried about, about on yourself. Myself. I'm like, is this is this who I am? <laughs> exactly. I was really not aware. Like you know, we talked a little bit. I love Elvis Costello. Sure. And you know, everybody knows the hits. Yeah. You know, blah blah blah. But I really love Elvis Costello. So I'm like, oh, he'll like some random. Oh things, yeah. You know? I love the record that he did with the Roots. Wise Up Ghost. Very good. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful but record. The I put three songs to. I might all put a couple on there. This, this is the three songs I put on Elvis Costello, who is, for the most part, or at least for a while, was kind of a bummer. Yeah. It was down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, first 13 Steps Lead Down, which is basically about hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Hell, which is kind of about hell. Yeah, yeah. No. And The Other Side of Summer, which is mostly about drugs. <laughs> um, this coming from a guy who wrote... What's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding? I didn't pick that. Yeah. I didn't pick Veronica about his grandmother mm-hmm. who has dementia. Still a bummer, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm, so I, I think my, my approach to this so far, when I started putting together my playlist, because I think there is a lot, uh, there's a lot to unpack here, mm-hmm. right? There is, first, the thought of, um, do we try to surprise each other and turn each other on to new music, which is a dangerous game because, right. um, you know, we come from a lot of the same places, so right. we, we could be outsmarting ourselves and attempting exactly. to do that. Right. Um, trying too hard. So where I've kind of started settling in is, uh, you know, again, as comfortable as we are and as much as well as this partnership works, we really haven't been friends that long. Right. About a year mm-hmm. we've known each yeah. other, give yeah. or take. Um, so my my approach has been um, to figure out how I can most effectively, through someone else's music, introduce you to who I was for the 30 years I was before you met me. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, now, <clears throat> some of that's going to be pretty grim. Sure. Because some of it, because that's... Because I've got I, I've got those <laughs> demons, as we all do. And, uh, and, and obviously, as I... Right. I'm, I'm so right. We might... Connect more after you're like, exactly. holy shit, this guy knows exactly. <laughs> yeah, <what I'm> right, <laughs> right, exactly. So I think there's the, uh, there's the, it, it, I want to communicate who I am and who I was before, before we met to get that background information. But I also think it's important um, in cultivating a playlist to have the, the natural rising action, the crescent, the crescendos, the falls. Right. So, um, thematically, I'm not thinking lyrically about positive versus negative, okay. but cadence of songs. Like my personal approach is, I like to think if I'm constructing a record, you know, yeah, how do, how do I want my tempos to adjust? Right. How do I want my my speed, my rising action, right. My, right. my, you know, am I going to put a minor key uh, coming right into? I don't know, fucking mbop, right. um, any yep. number of things. Right. So, but I, I think the general approach should be, who am I before we met? Okay. Uh, it's a crash. Okay. It's a crash course. That's fair. Now That's fair. Okay. Th- that means, 
there is a fair chance that there's going to be some songs that you're familiar with or some that you're not. Right. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to not outsmart myself because there was a thought that I had of like, ooh, this would be a song that would that would be good, and I bet he doesn't know that. And, right. And then I think like, but does that really Do affect like this? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, does, is right. this as effective? Is it me just right. trying to be like, look at this fucking right. obscure right. thing that right. I know? Right. Or is it actually right. communicating? See, that's where I was, like, with that Weezer tune I played just. Right. Like, I know we both love Weezer, but I'm like, I bet he don't know this. Right. And I'm like, I can't make a whole fucking mixtape of, I bet you don't know this. Yeah. Like, because then it really isn't like, I love this. It doesn't it's flow. Just, it doesn't, it's just, yeah. It's a hidden gem I found. Exactly. Like, which I still love to share. Exactly. But don't want to express that as, this is me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, this, is, okay. this is not the quintessential... Right moments. Right. So uh, you know, I once again, it's just overthinking everything. And you know, but that's but the that's the most that's fun the, part of a mixtape. I, I I how we got here is because we both love making mixtapes. Right. It's a really right. fun puzzle yeah. to put together. Yeah. Like how much of this is for me? How much of it is for the listener? You know, how do these songs work together? Yeah. Is there something that is super important that I have to leave off because it? The, it's just fitting a round peg in a square hole. Right. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot of that. That's and true. and like that's it. the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the excitement. Okay, good. I feel better. I'm going to continue to work. Good. Uh, good. But I, I, I feel good about where we're, where we're moving forward. Yeah. Um, little Spider-Man. Ugh. About goddamn time. I, I knew it was coming. Right. I read that news with a... With a combination of relief and fucking derision. Right. Of just, like, part of it was just like, oh, good, we can put this behind us. Another part of it was just like, fuck you guys. Yeah, it almost... This is so goddamn clear that you that this was a fucking negotiating tactic. Right. And we, we all said that from the beginning. Right. Like, we were both very confident, like, this isn't gonna... Too much we shouldn't to lose that. any sleep over right. this. But it dominated the goddamn news cycle for... A month. Well, Game of Thrones sucks. Uh, exactly. Game of Thrones shit the bed. <laughs> and we don't have any real information on Star right. Wars yet. Right. Yet, they won a lot of Emmys. Yeah. Not that I give a fuck. And, I mean, well, I do give a fuck. Because I did write down. As long as the writers didn't win an Emmy. My man. Is Benny Hoff and Jason fucking Weiss. Yeah. Uh, Ozark. Yeah. Fucking Jason Bates. I love that show, man. You gotta watch Ozark. I, it's a really Dude, good that's, show. You know, Libby said the same thing. She watched... The first, maybe even the second season. I don't know. Is it on season three? The, season three will be coming out next. It's oh, not, okay. I don't know it's that, out yet, but that'll be the next thing coming out. Yeah, okay. two. I don't know if she watched season two or not. I remember when it first came out, she watched season one and she really loved it. But, you know, we're both in that timing place and I, I can't fucking keep track of what I do, sure, much sure. less what she did. Right. So I don't remember if she watched season two or not, but I remember her telling me, you gotta get in on it. But right. I am... I am in that, you know, again, it's well documented that I don't have the time to watch TV that I want. And what I find is that anything that is dramatic is the first thing to go. Really? Yeah. And you just don't it, have time to invest into the... Well, it's, it's not that it's an assessment of the quality or even what I enjoy, because I love good drama. But, like, the rare occasions that I get to sit down and watch TV, I want to be brought joy. Okay. You know? Sure. Like, there's, as much as I love and appreciate great storytelling, and a lot of that comes with tragedy and drama and pain, I am not in a place in my life that I can use my free time 
to ingest more of that. Sure. You know, like yeah. my entire fucking work life is dealing with teenagers and their drama and right. their discomfort and their angst mostly directed toward me and why I'm a piece of shit. Um, which is not very easy to hear for someone who already has fragile self-worth to hear regularly that I'm an asshole. Um, these teenagers are right. Exactly. I'm telling you, um, they see right through me. Right. So when the time comes, I can sit down. It's like, well, do I invest in this thing? That's going to be really probably great, but make me question everything. Or do I just watch parks and rec again? Right. Or do I just like the most drama I get at this moment is like the flash. Yeah. Like something that is, Still combined with charm and wit and fucking dudes in spandex. Right, right. Because I can... I they, because there's a comfort level to that with me. That, that right. It feels like a home. It feels it's, like a cozy blanket. It's, it's entertainment because it's still comforting. Because it's a... Right. You know it's going to be a happy ending. Exactly. Maybe not this episode, but... Yeah. In the end, everybody's going Yeah, win. they're still going to follow the win. formula. Right, right. Um, and I'm with that. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So, unfortunately, as much as I... I I imagine at some point in my life I will uh, get down on Ozark, but I don't know when that will be. That's fair, yeah. Because I, I do love Jason Bateman. He's good, man. I think he's fucking and great. And I apologize, I forget the uh, the actress, but I, I forget her name. She won for, like, uh, Coast for Co-League or whatever they co-star oh, yeah. um, for a female. So good, man. Awesome. You know, I forget, I forget her name. She plays, like, a, you know, Ozark hick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She does it so great. Okay. So, yeah, it's a great show. You you dig it. You dig it a lot. But it is, it's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's kill. I mean, it's not violent, gory, but it is Breaking Badish. Sure. You know what I mean, like that kind of heavy, intense family drama uh-huh. kind of thing. So, uh, but still fun as shit. Which I like. It. I appreciate and love. I just right, right. It's just not on the table for me right now. Um, we were bullshitting a little bit about Spider Man back in the MCU. So there's a new comic out. Uh-huh. Uh, J.J. Abrams is writing. Right, so I've heard that he's writing. It's like six to eight episodes, I forget. or uh, Issues? Issues, I forget what it, how many exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, episode two, or episode two, issue two, kills MJ. Really? People aren't too happy with that move. How do you feel? It's basically, like, they, they have it, in this story, you know, the backstory is kind of, uh, Assumed. Okay. So they don't full-on do Uncle Ben dying. So this mm-hmm. is almost kind of Uncle Ben dying. Yeah. But he's already spider You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re-upping on the tragedy it is, it because is. life's been too easy totally. for a little bit. Totally. And Spider-Man is nothing but anxiety and pain and discomfort. And, right. You know. As a teenager should be. Well, a, Spider-Man is the fucking Jesus on the cross allegory. Yeah. Like, more so than any other superhero. Yeah. Spider-Man is not allowed joy. Right. Spider-Man, Spider-Man must wear all of our insecurities. He must wear all of our pain. He yeah. must never be the winner. Um, and that's that's who he is. And that's part of why he works so well. Um, do I like it or do I dislike it? Um, to me at this point, I, I don't hate it or love it because I don't know where he's going with it. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt to see... Yeah, where that goes. I'm indifferent, to be honest. I, she's not a character who, I'm like, oh well, you can't have a Spider-Man without sure. Mary Jane. 
Right. I, I don't feel that way. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how I feel. You honestly. know, I I feel how I feel about it is I will go buy that run to read right. it. Right. Fair and I have right. not bought a run of Spider Man since. Um, Doc Ock took Peter Parker's body over. Oh, nice. So that was, what, seven years ago, probably? Yeah. yeah. Was the last time I bought and read an issue of Spider-Man? Is that, like, towards the end of Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Right? 99, or 999 yeah. kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of those somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do I, I think it's a good thing, because I think we are at a place with superhero comics that we now, if I were calling the shots... A DC or Marvel, everything would be Elseworlds anymore. Um, for for both worlds, I, like I think the idea of having a uniform canon is now simply detrimental. Yeah, I think you can. I think we are too far into these characters existing to act like. They've been the same age for 60 years to act like they can have more character growth. Yeah. And that I think we should, I think as writers and as readers, these characters should now be treated as they always should have been as allegories for who we are and where we are as a society. Yeah. Right. So how any given character fits into that. Shouldn't be any longer than, at most, I think, an 18-issue run. Sure. And I think I think in those 18 issues, or 6 issues, or 12 issues, whatever that writer and artist choose to work on, mm-hmm. should be self-contained. Um, it should play with, you know, it should play with canon in the sense of, you know, we all understand the origins of all of these characters. And if you're going to tell a new origin, that's fine, but then you need to tell an origin story. Right, right. But all, all of it should come in at whatever point you need to for this character, should tell that story, and it should not have to have an impact on the next person in that story. Because I, th- I think, for a number of reasons. One, that's the only way it works anymore. Yeah. Because there's too much baggage if we're playing outside of that there's too much you have to fit in with um but also i think the worst thing that the comic book community does is alienates potential readers there is nothing like going into a comic book store for the first time and saying where do i start issue 532 right like no man if you missed Issue one, well, we're only on issue three, so by the last two. Or if, ah, shit, man, we're on issue 12, it's cool. Batman's going to restart in a month anyway, so hop on there. Right, right. Because I think all of those characters, for the most part, are so far ingrained in, like, the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. that everybody pretty much has what they need as far as background information. Yeah. So why force everyone to then relearn weird, obscure canon to understand this one reference. And in kind of relation to that, that's why I think, you know, not knowing exactly what the Joker movie is going to be. Yeah. But I think things like the Joker and What If mm-hmm. will change shit right. completely. Because now you can tell whatever story you want mm-hmm. just with familiar characters. Right. And and that's part of me loves that. It's part of me... Because other times I'll shit on a, a remake or a redo of a movie like... Or something they redid. 
what was I? What did I fucking hate? Not hate. Um, shit. Oh, the, they're remaking Face Off. <laughs> well, yeah, but even, even things like um, so the, we talked like uh, Pennyworth. Yeah, there is no reason whatsoever for that needs to have a tie-in to a DC universe, to a Batman, sure. to anything. It could simply be a British guy, you know, doing that. Blah blah. Right. Blah. They try too hard just to familiar. You, oh, you sure. know this character. We're going to put him in this situation, but it still relates to all this. Right. Well, I. So I think that's different in the sense of one, it does completely reinvent a character that we've already known. But two, but I, why? Why do? Why not just create a new character? I think that's that, what bothers me. I guess. Well, I think the difference here is the difference in in media options, in on film. I think it makes more sense to tell self-contained stories with new characters. Okay. But in print, there there is a specific audience to comic books. Sure. Right? Um, so, constantly reinventing characters and just basically vaulting the other characters feels, feels counterintuitive. Why reinvent the wheel? Because I'm going to a comic book as a reader... For a combination of the comfort of knowing who this character is, of knowing that they're going to tell me something about myself that I'm not prepared to confront by directly looking at myself, but instead seeing myself through a different character, i.e. Daredevil. Um, and, and that combination of comfort and discomfort is essential to the, to the media of print comics, Right. And there's not enough readers to say, oh, if we want to tell new stories, we'll invent new characters, but we'll also keep the old ones running on different canon. There's not enough people buying books. So if you're only going to publish X amount of books, then put old characters in new environments. Whereas on film, whether it be TV or movies or streaming or whatever, I think it, it... you don't need to play with someone else's IP to tell your story because the audience is so much wider. Okay. That, yeah, true. I see that. Um, I see that. It, it would be my thought on that. Okay. Right. I mean, I don't have an argument either way. I just... I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I just... I guess all of the redos, remakes, rehashings... Mm-hmm. I, just, I guess I would just rather have... I mean, this is part of me. I, sure. I just want new... Yeah. So, like, I watch pieces of Pennyworth, and as a show in and of itself, I enjoy it, but then when they refer to him as Alfred, and then you see, like, a, uh, a Thomas Wayne, it just kind of takes me out of it. Sure. More than keeping me into the story right. they're telling. Um, and I I had a, I should have wrote them down, writ, wrote them, written them, whatever. Uh, put them on paper. <laughs> um, but I can't think of one offhand, but I know they'll pop in my head. But even, like... And this comes, it's going to come off as woman hating it, but it's not at all. Like, they want to do a female James Bond, which I'm all for, but I would rather see a new female character created, mm-hmm. be a spy, whatever, but why, I feel like that brings down the, that movement. Like, you don't have to be that, be your own, you know what I mean? Well, I, just, I, I so I do and I, I don't. Conflicting. I, I do and I don't. I would, so I would say, like... Because I had the I had that argument when I was thinking of Ocean's Eight, mm-hmm. 
and saying, why not just make a really cool female-led heist movie and not tie it to that? Right. James Bond, I think, is different. Okay. Only because... um, So, while Ocean's Eleven is a widely celebrated heist movie, it is not... So, James Bond is a uniquely paramount cultural property, right? Um, by including different uh, uh, demographics in that central story, I think is creating a wider dialogue and inviting more people in, right? I think when you're talking about a a Star Wars or but a... those people you're inviting in aren't going to like the previous stuff. Probably not, but it, but they are still kind of self-contained stories. Okay, right. Yeah, and I, I think when you're just talking when you're talking about properties that large, properties like Star Wars <clears throat> or James Bond or um, things like, that have been around. Well, Star Wars is a great example. Forever, Ray kind of took over Luke, but it's its own thing. Sure, it's not like this is we're retelling Star Wars, and now this is the Luke character. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's a continuation, and it's its own. Yeah. Standalone thing. Right. And I just feel like well, they I, don't do that enough with... But I think with James Bond, because you've changed actors so many times yeah. and you've changed characterizations of that... I, you've had the campy, the silly, the sure. badass, yeah. the the sexy, the slick. Like, because they reinvent that characterization every time a new person takes over, it makes sense to me that you then all of a sudden say, like, why not make James Bond black? Why not make James Bond a woman? Why? Because you've already reinvented that character and that character's persona 12 fucking times, you know? Yeah. So that that to me is where I like I think James Bond is a uniquely um unique property. I I that I that I think because the door has been open to so much change I invite it there. Whereas in a property that is, I'm trying to think, I'd, Ocean's Eight, like Ocean's know, Eleven, right, right? Like if it's just three movies with just those same people starring, it doesn't need to be a franchise, right? So then, why create an offshoot of it? That feels pandery to me. When you could just make a cool heist movie, exactly. but James Bond is bigger than just a spy movie. Like it you, is. you, you it can't, is, yes. you cannot create a female-led spy movie that will rival James Bond. You could make a Black fe- Widow, but it, but culturally, importantly, it oh, will no, not. Whereas okay, okay. I'm saying, like, you could make a female-led heist movie mm-hmm. that can it very easily culturally match what Ocean's Eleven was. Yeah. It can be just as important and more important, right? Whereas, by by nature of James Bond's track record, you cannot create any new... Pro- not saying strictly female-led. You can't create a new white male-led spy movie that will rival James Bond. So, because that property is so uniquely on Mount Olympus... Born Identity? But Born Identity... Okay, Born, the Jason Bourne stuff, as beloved as it is, does not touch... Well, no, but I think it's the, just getting started. Because now there's but, a TV show, blah blah. blah. Anyway, but sure, but but I'm saying like I, I I think I think that's in such a Mount Olympus place. Well, yeah, that, it's got that 50 it, years, right? Right. That, that it has to be if you want to create inclusion, 
you can't create a competitor to that and say, well, no, see, you have your own spy movie or you have your own thing, so it's okay. I think that has to be a thing for everyone because it is so... Yeah, I guess we're... Not that I struggle or I disagree. I just feel like it sends conflicting messages. Like, to me, I'm... Please, I... And it's hard for us to have this conversation sure. without. I don't sure. want to come across as you know, you know, not liking women bashing or anything like that. I love women. My mother, my mother's a woman. That's great. Um, uh, my sister's a woman. It's, that's awesome. Um, but I feel like you know, I feel like they're saying in order for this movie to be successful, you have to attach it to this male-driven movie. And, and that's, that's what, I what think, bothers me. About. Sure, you know what I'm saying. And, and that's absolute. I I am 100 the same way. Like that's how I looked at Ocean's Eight. I sure. think I think that was, I think that cheapened right. what that was. I, right. And, and that, my only. But thing I don't is, think it's. I don't know. I, I just think James Bond is a little different. I, I I and I understand that part. I do. I do. And I by no means, you know, I'm saying if there's a female James Bond, I'll, I'll never watch that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just I'm saying that. But I'm saying that because I probably never watched a James Bond movie. <laughs> if, I just feel if like they, if they cast the yeah. whitest white man, I will also right. probably right. not see that. Well, fucking for the longest movie. time, they were saying what that Idris Elba guy was going to be. The would movie. be awesome. Would be fucking. Amazing. He'd be. A, he'd, um, he'd be real fucking good. Um, but I just, you know, I feel like, and especially with James Bond, because I dare say I'd be more apt to see a female-led James Bond, yeah. than another white but guy. Up until James the last Bond. ten years. James Bond has been very sexist, and my sure. concern would be they overcompensate for that and make her. Maybe, maybe they do, but that, that, that's kind of the beauty of James Bond. Is I James guess. Bond is always James? It, it's just like when we talk about SNL. The best SNL cast is the cast that was yours when you were in high school. That's, that's fair, that's right? Fair. Yeah. That's no fair. matter what you fucking make, to me. Pierce Brosnan's James Bond. Right. He just is. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was mine. Sure. So, they're, they're like, I don't, I don't give a shit about Daniel Craig. His James Bond yeah, movies yeah. have been fucking nothing to and me. And to me, even watching and those, those aren't James Bond movies. No, are those are action movies. movies. Right. Those are fucking right. annoying. Right. But either way, I, th- like, I think regardless of who the next James Bond is, they're not going to be James Bond to me. Because Pierce Brosnan is. Just like there are... A ton of people that fucking Sean Connery is James Bond, and that's it. Right. Um, fewer people think of Roger Moore or Tim Dalton, but but the, you know. I was say I grew up in a weird time. Tim Dalton, that's exactly. Who my Bond was, yeah. and that's and that's how they'll be. There are a ton of people that Daniel Craig is James Bond, right? Um, and whoever is next, there's a bunch of fucking kids in middle school right, right. now right. that like that's going to be their James Bond yeah. and no one else is going to compare. Yeah. So it, because it's been such a revolving door, I welcome that. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know how we're going to do that on Spider-Man, but there you go. Spider-Man. Uh, um little what if? We got to talk about that. Uh just a little quick thing to make everybody very excited. <laughs> the Rock and Vin Diesel have buried the hatchet. They've mended fences. Yeah. I Mainly can finally breathe again. There's a fat paycheck ah. to cash for the next Fast and Furious movie. That'll make you say, hey, Vin, you're not so bad. Well, let's, who needs that paycheck more is the question. No shit, right? You know? Vin Diesel's D- like, Dwayne! Dwayne! Yeah. I'm good, man. Dwayne Go Johnson yeah. didn't apologize to yeah. anybody. No, no. That motherfucker's doing just fine. Who's calling? He's... Root. And yeah. I need another paycheck. Right. Yeah. He is... 
Dwayne Johnson is gracious enough yeah. to accept an apology and say, okay, yeah. you can come back to the franchise that I just fucking stole from you. Right. We haven't started shooting the new Guardians. I'm going to need a check in the next couple years, Dwayne. Right. Can you get me a Fast right. and Furious gig? James took the Suicide Squad thing. He made a rape joke and <laughs> fucked me out of millions, man. Help me out. Uh, okay, so Fast and the Furious news. Check. <laughs> uh, Been waiting with bated breath. I watched, uh, just real quick, I watched, we'll talk about this a little bit. I watched Prodigal Son. Yeah. Uh, I, I dug it. Um, we kind of bullshit it for a second. It's kind of like if Dexter had a kid, if Dexter. If Dexter ended appropriately and Dexter got caught, <laughs> but his kid ended up working for the FBI, this is kind of what it would be. Okay. So this guy's in prison because uh, he killed like 23 people. His kid is uh, Tom Payne, Jesus from The Walking Dead. Um, and I won't watch one episode. I, I watched it the other night. It was fun. A lot of fun. It's the first time I really enjoyed a drama on uh, network, television. network television. Yeah. And it, it felt... You know, it wasn't, I mean, it was gritty, but it wasn't um, cheesy gritty. It wasn't, yeah. I mean, NCIS can get kind of gritty here and there, I guess, but it was more like an FX, AMC type look Cut. for the show. I dug it. So it's worth a watch. Have fun. Lou Diamond Phillips. I love Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. He's in there. He plays, uh, he kind of plays the um, um, James Gordon. Okay. When they when they come to arrest his father when he's a kid, he's the cop who kind of sure kind of cries on the, the shoulder, kid. blah blah yeah. blah. So he's kind of his mentor going. Sure. So it's kind of fun. I like William. Okay. Uh, all right. One thing I just wrote this down recently. So I don't know what month or so ago we were bullshitting with Gibby about um, um, one hit or not one hit wonders, but like uh, yeah, guilty, guilty pleasures. pleasures and stuff. And out of nowhere, <laughs> Huey Lewis and the fucking news is making a new album. We manifested it God into existence. It. So, what other bands do you guys want to know about? We'll talk about it. And <laughs> right. It will fucking we happen. will will it. We will will a new album into creation. You've been waiting on something from. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, that's a very good call. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any band you've been waiting on to what twenty years for yeah. an album? All we've got to do is talk, talk about, about it. Because a couple months back, if you're a listener. I manifested a couple movies on uh, local TV. Right. They just popped out. I can't remember what they were, and I should have wrote them down again. Um, what was what the Quentin about. Tarantino movie? It was, so, uh, it was something like so random, because I'm like, how is this on TV? That was the one. The, was the Quentin Tarantino one that has uh, Christopher oh, Walken. True Romance. True yes. Romance. Yes, we're talking True Romance. Yeah, almost every movie, really. That's true. That's true. That we've talked about. That's true. Um, so, like, I... I I'm not going to say... But Huey Lewis, if we brought back Huey Lewis... Are you kidding me? You know, honestly, what, what's happening mm-hmm. is the, the folks at the top, uh, the, the, the mayor of Hollywood, is an avid listener. He is. Yeah. Trying to get the pulse of the Midwest. Yes. And, you know, a few weeks ago, he called up Huey and he was like, guys, 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 I, I know y'all, the news, you're dead, but we need you. The Midwest is clamoring... You know why? Because the heart of rock and roll is still beating. Right. Cause, yeah. Because we need a new drug. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're my dealer. I, uh, I, just, I just popped on here. Haven't listened to it yet. But there is a new single by Huey Lewis in the News. Her Love is Killing Me. Yeah. I haven't listened yet. So oh. I'm going to take oh, a look after. Oh, I have you? And? Is it classic oh, yeah. Huey? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, is, it is straight up Huey. I love that. It is when you, as soon as, as, soon as you hit play, you'll be like, Oh, yeah. The, uh, it, it, you know, it's like slipping into a warm bath. Right. It's like, yes, I know this feeling. This The picture they have on iTunes could have been taken in 1985 
or last week. Yeah, just under the Golden He's Gate Bridge. Still the oh, exact that's same not dude. the the, no. the picture that I've seen is the the cover of that okay, single. I'll, yeah, down here. That yes, uh, yes. that's just them yeah, standing the in front Gate, of the Golden yes. Gate Bridge, yeah. which also could be twenty five years old. Yes, very easily. God damn it, that's great. Yeah, Huey Lewis and News hasn't put a new album out. This even surprises me since two thousand ten. Wait, they put out a, a record says, nine yeah. years ago? It looks like it was mostly like uh, R&B covers kind of thing. It was not really original stuff. Yeah. Before that, it was 1991. Okay, that makes more sense right. to me. Right. So the 2010 one was just, that was a... It's called Soulsville. So that's an anomaly. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a... Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything on here worth writing home about. Um, but anyway, so regardless, ten years ago was the last time they even thought about recording anything. Wow. Until we talked about them a month ago. So and then they're like, you know what? There's buzz out there. So the real the real question is, when are we going to get the inevitable Ray Parker Jr. song that sounds exactly like the new Huey Lewis song? <laughs> is it going to be in Ghostbusters I'm 3? Saying, Ghostbusters? <laughs> god, I hope so. Circle of life. Oh my god. Circle of life. How Fucking uh, wonderful would that be if Ray Parker Jr. does the new bust and makes me feel good, and it's essentially the entire melody of the new Huey Lewis song. I uh, did you ever watch? The it would video? be proof we are living did you ever in a watch simulation. The video for uh, who are you gonna call? No, it's great eighties video. Bit like towards the end because it's just a bunch of dudes on a green screen doing uh-huh. dumb shit. Dan Aykroyd's on there. Fucking uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Winston on there doing shit. Uh-huh. It is classic. Dan Aykroyd looks like he's doing Elwood Blues without mm-hmm. the shit. You know what I mean? He's just oh, like dancing. And <laughs> he looks like he does at the beginning of Ghostbusters 2 at the kids' party. Just no. dancing around. Yeah. It's funny as shit. Speaking of uh, that, while it's, you know, this was already well assumed. This isn't any shocking news, but we are officially confirmed to have Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson back for yes. Ghostbusters 3. Yes. Which... We all expected. Sure. The the big question has forever been Bill Murray, and right. that's still the question. Right. Um, but it is it is still cool to see in print, like officially. I um, you know, Joe, Winston and Ray. Joe Rogan's podcast last week. Dan Aykroyd was on. Yeah. Uh, that was brought up. Uh huh. Is Bill coming back? And Dan's response was, "I hope so." I don't know how to take that. I do. I think that I don't. Shouldn't that be starting soon? I mean, isn't production starting pretty soon on that? Oh yeah. Absolutely, but that, but that's I. I think the him saying I hope so almost makes me think like yes. Well, otherwise I, he would just say no. Not to me. I no. I think I think Dan Aykroyd's a straight shooter, and I think I don't think it's. I, I, so the legacy characters are, I I'm imagining not crucial plot points here. Sure, you know, <clears throat> and I think if you have Aykroyd and uh, Ernie Hus- Hudson. You can, you can do whatever you need to with the legacy because you're already not going to have Egon, right? Um, so they can fill whatever void. I think Bill Murray would make it deeper and richer, but I don't think he's going to move the plot any differently. Yeah, that I, I think they probably have a contingency plan. I, I think they probably have a script written that has lines for him. Sure. But I think they could also Not probably give plot, his right. lines to fucking right. Aykroyd and Hudson and still pull it off. And I haven't read much on Ghostbusters as far as it go, you know, as far as uh, spoilers go at this point. If they don't get Bill, mm-hmm. 
Can they get Rick Moranis? I think they did get Rick Moranis. Yeah, that's what I think too. That's my my theory is the big get is Rick Moranis. is Rick Moranis, yeah. and that's the one they're keeping under. I wraps. think that'd be huge because I think, like, I think if if Joe Rogan asked uh, Ackroyd if Moranis was coming back, I think you'd have gotten a much more cryptic response. Yeah, but I think yeah. because. Ghostbusters has been rumored over and over and over again, and because Bill Murray has such a divisive relationship with the franchise, I don't think Aykroyd would, is playing any games with that. I think he's just—I think he's being 100% genuine. And I think if—I think if Bill Murray was coming back and it was known, mm-hmm. I don't think there's, there'd be like a plan for a special announcement or anything. I think it was like the instant the ink was dry, they'd be like, "Look who the fuck just signed a contract," because that's what everyone wants. They're, they're not waiting on that it. That would so sell like, the movie in itself. Exactly. Right. So I think if Aykroyd knew, I, he would have, it would have been fucking said. He would have been yeah. like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. And I think if it's a no, if they got a hard no, it probably would have been like, yeah, he's definitely not. But I imagine it's probably more along the lines of like, well, we've reached out and he hasn't exactly gotten back and we're hammering out details, so I hope so. Yeah, I, I really hope but, that we're in. Honestly, I would rather, not rather, I would... Yeah, don't don't you dare. I don't you have bite a rather, your tongue. But Rick Moranis shows up after not being anything for thirty would, years. Would be wonderful. Would be pretty fucking cool. It it would be pretty fucking cool. Like that would be absolutely I wonderful. Mean, and it would make my scene, Ghostbuster loving right. heart you know, to bring it all the way back to the paranormal, I am a child of Ghostbusters. Right. Of course I believe in ghosts. Right. So speaking However, of, I am afraid of them ghosts. Right. On uh, on the Joe Rog on the Rogan podcast with uh, Dan Aykroyd. He's a hardcore believer in oh, yeah, he is. everything. Absolutely is. I mean, cross yeah. the boards. Oh, I've, he hosted a show on sci-fi. He did, yes. Uh, but I mean, Bigfoot, I've, he's all in. I know. Uh, Galeans, he's all in. Ghosts, he's all in. He told His dad story. was like a paranormal investigator Something to some along degree. those lines, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, um, it's in the, I, that's why was, he wrote Ghostbusters. Well, I uh, that, say, he came, he comes from the, that world. He did the story, like the scene where uh, he's in bed in Ghostbusters and the ghost like unzips his pants, blah, blah, yeah. blah. He's like... That was almost real. Like, other than the unzipping of the yeah. pants, blah, 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 there was an entity above me in a bed. Like, he told this whole story, and he was... Dead serious. Dead serious. I mean, there was no bullshitting with him. I'm telling you. Um, he said he's had multiple encounters. I buy that shit. With uh, paranormal stuff. Not yeah. necessarily... I mean, he believes in aliens and everything, too. Um, but he's he's like, you know, this ghost shit. I've had, I've had experiences. I, I, I have... What happened to me in Alton... Is not the first paranormal experience I have encountered. Do you think that, certain people are more susceptible to it? Absolutely, just because of the way they're. Well, I think I think there's know. a few things about. I think like that, there's there's the energy thing there's the confirmation about. bias right. that that I think there are people who are looking for it and will choose Seek to believe it. the right. thing. Yeah. Um, but I also think there are you know when you're talking about energy, there are people who are um, naturally more in tune with themselves like i think there are i I think in order to experience things of that nature you have to be comfortable in a quiet place you have to be comfortable within yourself not in the not like i love myself and i'm comfortable in my own skin kind of way but in like i am comfortable in a silent room dealing with myself i do not immediately need to run to my phone to distract me or have something on to distract like I am I am okay experiencing the world. And I think in the era we live in now, there is so much noise that it's easy to drown out. I think you have to be you have to be ready to tune in to what you are feeling. 
Yeah. If, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. So I don't think it's like it takes a certain person, but I think it takes a certain predilection to yeah. to allow yourself to exist in a quiet place, to receive whatever energy is in the world sure. around you. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because it is, I, I do think it's a choice. I think it's an intentional decision to receive uh, what's what's around you. Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree. I got one thing left. I know it's coming. Wrestling is getting ready to be fucking epic. You, you don't know. You really don't. I don't think you understand how... I don't, but I think every episode you have told me for the last year... Maybe. Wrestling's getting ready to be... Okay. So this week... <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me roll you through this week. Okay. Monday, we got Raw, as always, right? Sure. Wednesday, TNT is the first episode. AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Okay. So we, that's the Chris Jericho, the uh-huh. Young Bucks, the, you know. Same day, NXT, which is also WWE, it's just a, another brand of theirs. Like, they got uh-huh. Raw, they got NXT, they got SmackDown. Okay. Same day, so TNT, AEW, USA Network, NXT, head-to-head. No, I'm good, I'm good. Friday, SmackDown starts on Fox. On Fox? Not Fox Sports, Fox. The flagship box is hosting Friday wrestling? Night, wrestling is on Fox from here on out, my man. Wow. Which promotion's doing that? WWE. That's SmackDown. Wow. So, they've already, you know, so, debut episode, you're going to have The Rock. You're going to have Undertaker, Stone Cold. Not to mention all the, the, the new guys, too, but. They're, they're going for broke. All out, man. So my, it's going to blow. Here's up. my question, and I and I want you to take off your wrestling hat for a minute. Okay. Try to be as objective as possible, because I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just posing this yeah. as a thought. Yeah. Fox finally getting on the wrestling game. Mm-hmm. Um, a major network mm-hmm. getting on, on the wrestling game. They paid is, billions. So I'm saying, is this more indicative of wrestling getting better or fewer people? doing things with networks that they are hungry for property because there are so many other options now. Like you could not, you could never in a million years, even when wrestling was at its peak, Mm -hmm. have imagined wrestling actually being on a network true because network television was so crucial. Right. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, it was never, yeah, it was always kind of, it was fringe, right? right. But that, but, Networks are kind of the new friend. They are a little bit, yeah. I you would know? agree with that. I would agree with that. Like, people are far more likely to see a Netflix show than a show on Fox. I'm not sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fox and Network has lost viewership, uh-huh. but not to that extreme. Okay. I mean, you know. You don't think even so? If, even if you don't have cable, Netflix, blah, blah, blah. You probably still got five sure. channels. Sure. And guess what? Wrestling's going to be on that Friday night. Yeah. And that's worldwide. Right. That's not just Netflix. You click on it when you want to see it. That's this is what you got. Okay. Um, uh, and I think looking at it, I mean, it's a big deal. Looking I'm, at I'm it not trying like, to denigrate no, that. No, I, I, no, looking at it from a network standpoint, they're looking at it. You no, know, of course, they pay like a billion dollars sure. for this, but WWE runs everything. Yeah. They don't have. They, it's, they do it's nothing. Just, it's just like doing 
yeah. doing a billion dollar contract with the Yankees. Right. You set them up, the Yankees run the shit, you just bring yeah. the cameras out and fucking yeah. do an after show. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You just write a check. Exactly. Really. Exactly. And you, you collect the check from the commercials. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're trying to do. Right. So, I you know, I gotta believe, because even, so last night they did a, uh, on Fox, a best of SmackDown hour special, just to kind of uh-huh. introduce people into it. Two million viewers. Just oh. to, not advertised, just a random. That's two million people. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Uh huh. Um, watching wrestling. So, so then the other question is: Does having, uh, does airing the show on a network limit your ability to storytell? Because there are things like FCC wise you can get away with on cable. Or on your own channel True. that you can't get away with on a network, even still. But WWE has been TV PG, TV fourteen for five plus years. Oh, okay. Because of their, they have toy contracts. Uh huh. And the toy will only produce their okay if it's a TV PG product. Okay. So, pr- so that answers the question. Honestly, it might get dirtier going to Fox. Because I honestly I feel like Fox will be like, well, you can do a little more skin, you can do a little more blood, you sure, can do a little more of this. Now you have to work it out with the toy company contracts. But if you're making a billion from Fox, they're probably in charge. Sure. So I feel like it could really okay. bring it back to a little more '90s attitude-ish. You know, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But I think I really think what people overlook is the Wednesday stuff. I mean, it's going to be huge on Fridays. Yeah. Wednesday, you're going to have AEW going against. WWE, which is going to be the NXT, which is like their younger, like their minor leagues, I guess, okay. for lack of a better word, but uh-huh. still great fun to watch. I mean, okay. good programming, shit, amazing, amazing stuff. And even some of the people who are in there are stars who were just like in other organizations. So WWE doesn't want to like put them <laughs> front and center. There, right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's kind of they like want a, their roster to still be their roster. The big, you know leads. them from us. You don't know them. Sure, from this, sure, this, whatever. You know what I mean? So. I, I, so I'm definitely I'm gonna hit you up Wednesday night just so you know. Okay. I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be glued. To, it's gonna be like well, old school Monday. Let me buddy, put it back and forth, and I am I, so excited. I you can hit me up Wednesday night. Yeah. But I'm telling you, and usually I'm open to these things. Yeah. Wednesday night is fucking NHL opener. Oh, that's right. That's right. I will be. That's right. Drinking beer in front of an inflatable TV at DB's, probably serving beer out of the out of the beer tub. So I forgot about you, that. you will not. I mean, mm. I would love to see you Wednesday night at DBs and watch hockey. Mm. Um, I mean, but, I have a DVR, but mm. sure, I, I, and mm. you you do what you do. I know the wrestling is important, and I respect. Now, it. let me ask you this: But the Blues begin their it title is. defense on Wednesday. What do you think the odds are of me getting a TV at DBs for wrestling? Slim, even if it's on the big inflatable one outside. Even on the big inflatable, because. You are also going to have playoff baseball. Oh, that's right. It won't be Cardinals. That's right. That's right. It w- the Cardinals will start the next day, but there will be um, an ALDS How game about that I don't night. Take so I think to anything the game if they don't put the fucker on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I think whatever uh, whatever TV is not showing that will be showing American League baseball playoffs, or I don't know when does fucking basketball start. I, I think they're missing out on a huge wrestling demographic to get into the bar. 
Maybe, but that's not the night to fucking find out. It's probably not the night to find out. That's probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. There are a lot of nights that you can show up and be right. like, right. oh, what's on? Right. Just a basketball game? Yeah. Or a, or the 20th regular season hockey game and it's cold outside? Yeah, True. let's make this a wrestling True. spot. Yeah. But yeah, the calendar is not agreeing with me too much. Yeah, but, October yeah. is not the time that's true. that you're going to get people in on fucking... Well, one way or another, I'm watching wrestling. Even if I'm at the DBs, I'll watch it on my phone. Sure. I'll somehow... Sure. Because it's the first episode. And I respect gotta it. Gotta watch the first episode. Gotta watch it. So, I'm fucking pumped. Just like I gotta watch the season opener. No, and I agree. I'm, I'm all in on that, too, but... That's a hard... I, I, I didn't put it all together. Now I'm very upset. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to be conflicted for the, for Monday, Tuesday to what the fuck am I going to do with my life. The this stakes is, are high. It is. I feel like it's a life-changing decision. <laughs> In a weird way. The ultimate FOMO. I feel like I'm picking... You're picking between more. your two kids. I am. I'm really yeah. picking who, who I love more. And that's just not fair. And it's going to be a fun question to answer next week. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out who Brandon oh, loves more. shit. Me and the Blues or wrestling? Me and the Blues or wrestling? <laughs> Ouch. I think I had this conversation with Jessica, too. This sounds vaguely familiar. She's <laughs> on Monday night around 9.30. Are you still watching wrestling? Right. Yeah. That's, I had a really funny conversation. <laughs> I was talking about this earlier with the uh, with the dudes at the Nightmare Shop. Because we're, we're talking hockey. They're big hockey fans, yeah. too. And we're talking about the season starting up. Um, you know, we're going through the roster. We're doing all this shit talking about what we're expecting. And then it hit me. I was like, man, I think Libby was as excited as I was about the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Because she fucking doesn't give a shit about hockey. Right. But she's like, oh. They finally won, so all this agonizing you've been doing for your silver, so now you won't be crazy during hockey season. And I was like, I understand your logic, but this is a very new feeling to me to be right. a fan of a champion, and I can't promise I won't be more insufferable now. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't even ask her yeah. if I could, like, go to watch opening day, because she was like, you're going out to watch opening night, right? Not in the way of like, oh, I know you and I love you and you're going to do this, but in a way of like, you don't need to be here right. telling David Perron to fuck off in front of our kids, right? Right. right. Like, like you need to leave because well, this isn't healthy. Someone <laughs> needs to teach them to tell Perron to fuck <laughs> right. off. I don't know who else it should be other than their dad. I right. Mean, yeah, no, so... Now I'm, I got into this topic excited, and now I'm fucking conflicted. Ugh. I'm hurting. All right, so next week you'll find out what I did. Yeah. All right, guys, later. And see ya. What's up, guys? Altered State Podcast. 
We're doing it a little different. Yeah, a little, a little bonus content. We're going to do a little pizza review. Because mm. we're all about the comics, mm. we're all about the pizza, mm. we're all about the punk rock, and we're all about the beer. That's a that's a true statement. The ultimate that's list right. of goodies. So, that's you know, right. we feel like... Uh, we want to have a few little a few little bonus treats for those of you that, that are interested. So yeah. we're going to holler at you about some of our favorite pizzas as we snack on them. Um, and we're starting off with the uh, ever-so-delightful Gallagher Brothers Susie Q. Yeah. So for those of you in the St. Louis area, you can find it at the Schnooks, Deerberg, some Fields Foods, yep. Straws. All around, all around. So all right, here we go. Plate. So we got uh, St. Louis-style crust. Mm-hmm. We got the banana peppers, we got the pepperoni, and we got sausage. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's an interesting combination. It is for a lot of it. It's not something you get. Um, I was never a big banana pepper fan. Like I can take them, mm-hmm. but I was like, eh, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. So it, I, interestingly, I was out to dinner with uh, with the wife and some of her friends last night mm-hmm. for uh, for a thing we did. Went to this restaurant in Alton, Illinois. And one of the sides they offered was fried banana pepper chips. Really? I um, checked that out. I had one. Yeah. It was interesting. It's, fun. it's exactly what you think. It tastes exactly like a banana pepper. Yeah. That's lightly bread. It's like a crispy. fried pickle, basically. But yeah, but even lighter. Because, I mean, you lighter, know, banana yeah. pepper right. rings, like, right. there's not anything yeah. to it. Right. Real interesting. But Real. that's a side note. All right. So here so we go. Have a bite. Gallagher Brothers Susie Q. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a damn good pizza. It's a very good pizza. Good sauce. Mm-hmm. The crust is crunchy. I think that's a one of my favorite things about the Gallagher Brothers pizza is that they don't fuck around with the instructions. You know, you get ten minutes and you get it up to four ninety five hundred. I think a lot of frozen pizza companies really pussyfoot around, and that's how you end up with the real mediocre. Uh, crust, crust. Yeah. but this—it's almost—it's just—it's crispy. You know, it tastes like it's coming out of a legitimate pizza yeah. oven. Banana peppers aren't like overpowering. It's no, spice, too spicy. Just kind of gives it a nice hint of flavor. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that little bit of sweetness in there. Yeah, plays real nicely. Yeah, the sweetness with the in the sauce. sauce works real good. Yeah, yeah. Sausage is quality. Pepperoni is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the seasoning on top. Tastes pretty decent. I like it, man. I like it. I, I like that like, crunch in the pizza. Yeah, the, and the Italian sausage. You know, a lot of times I feel like sausage can get a little too greasy, mm-hmm. um, but I think this Italian sausage, um, with it hiding under the cheese, it, it kind of... I was going to say, cheese is quality. Dissipated. Uh, my toppings aren't sliding all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, not sliding off, uh, but it's still good, stringy, che- you know, cheese. It's not I think just... It's also real nice with the Gallagher Brothers, you get the, the rectangle crust, so when they make the pizza... You, you really get a pretty perfect topping distribution. You know, like the the sausage is real mathematically, strategically placed. So you got sausage in every bite. You got pepperoni in every bite. You got the banana peppers kind of lightly right. scattered throughout. Right. And I did throw the the uh, box away, but it does say like what thirty eight pieces of sausage, and it, it breaks. Right. It tells you what's yeah, in there. It tells so. you right. Yeah, and it, and it's, it's a nice and standard it's a good to have. size piece. Of the, you know, it's it's good size meat. I mean, you got they're not skimping on anything. Mm-mm. It's good. Now, I would yeah. say for sure, would recommend. Um, Altered state piece of checklist. Yeah. Crust. Check. Uh-huh. Sauce. Check. Yeah. Cheese. Check. Okay. Toppings, I'm going to say check plus. For sure. I like the freshness of the toppings. Um, 
I'm all in. I think this is delightful. Um, looking forward to checking in on some more pizzas yep. as we move through. You guys got any good ideas for us? Pizza places you want to you love, you want us to love, you just want reviewed, let us know. We're checking them out. Everything. Because, damn it, we love pizza. Amen. All right. Peace.